What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be talking about some of the top waiver wire targets that you guys should be looking to pick up heading into week 11 of the NFL season. So we're going to be talking about every single position, running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and defenses. These are all going to be players or teams that are rostered in 40% or fewer leagues. Going to be using the ESPN waiver wire to get those percentages. If you guys do enjoy the video, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and I'll also be talking about some of my buy low and sell high players in another video coming out today. So stay tuned for that. But let's dive right into the running back position. And we're going to start it off with Keaton Mitchell. Talked about him last week, still relevant here heading into week 11. He is rostered in 23.3% of leagues. Didn't have a huge workload on Sunday, three carries, two targets. But within those five opportunities, he had a 39-yard touchdown run and a 32-yard reception. So the dude is just a big play machine. I expect him to continue earning more and more opportunities. Like I've talked about, this backfield is pretty wide open, even though Edwards has been really nice for fantasy. In terms of real-life NFL, like he's not some sort of like elite running back. He's a depth option, was behind J.K. Dobbins. So Keaton Mitchell does have an opportunity to take over this backfield towards the end of the season. And if he's out there on waivers, I would definitely be looking to pick him up. Now, the next running back is going to be rostered in only 2.7% of leagues, and that is going to be Ty Chandler. He actually led the Vikings backfield in touches. We saw Alexander Madison leave the concussion, but even before Madison left the game, I feel like some people may just think Chandler had a solid workload because Madison left. Even when Madison was playing healthy, both these running backs were in a pretty solid split. Chandler was getting a lot of run early on in the game, even got the uh, touchdown opportunity and converted. So I do think Chandler definitely has the opportunity to be a startable option in week 11 against the Broncos if Alexander Madison is out. And even if Madison is healthy, I still think Chandler's worth rostering. I do think it says something that with Cam Akers going down with injury, I think a lot of people, including myself, thought Madison would just go back to getting a lot of the touches. So I do think it's telling that early on in this game, even with Akers out, they were still trying to get another running back involved. Obviously, Madison hasn't been some sort of like elite NFL running back. The efficiency hasn't really been there. So I do think Ty Chandler has an opportunity to carve out a nice role within this Vikings offense. Now, shifting over to Zach Charbonnet, he's rostered in 31.4% of leagues, and he kind of has like his floor would be a Kenneth Walker handcuff, but he's actually outsnapped Kenneth Walker for a third straight game. Now, Kenneth Walker definitely did see way more opportunities. He had 20 compared to 11 for Zach Charbonnet. It seems like Charbonnet is going to be the guy who is more valuable in the games where the Seahawks are trailing, especially if they're trailing by a lot and they're kind of running like two-minute drills, just passing a ton. That's the game script that's going to favor Zach Charbonnet, but he's still going to be involved week to week. He's like their third down back, their two-minute drill guy. So I think he's definitely worth rostering, like I said, at worst as a handcuff, but he could continue to kind of eat into the workload here of Kenneth Walker. Then behind Zach Charbonnet, this is where we're getting into handcuff territory. Going to start it off with Tajay Spears rostered in 32.6% of leagues, actually had the much better day compared to Derrick Henry, but still going to be the Derrick Henry handcuff. Wouldn't really have a ton of confidence in him week to week if Henry was healthy. Then we have Rico Dowdle, who is someone who I've been talking about in a lot of these videos, rostered in under 5% of leagues, but he goes out there. He's uh, Tony Pollard's handcuff, but he has the best game of the season, 12 carries, 79 rushing yards, and a touchdown. He looked solid. He really kind of established himself as that clear running back too. So another one of these handcuffs who is definitely worth rostering. And then three more handcuffs here. Elijah Mitchell, rostered in 18.1% of leagues, the CMC handcuff. Kenneth Gainwell, on bye this week, rostered in 16.6% of leagues, the DeAndre Swift handcuff. 
And then Ezekiel Elliott roster in 36.2% of leagues. Obviously, the uh, Ramondre Stevenson handcuff. Ramondre was a little bit banged up in that uh, early Sunday game, but ended up coming back in. So doesn't look like Ezekiel Elliott will have much uh, play in week 11. Now, shifting over to the wide receiver position, I feel like we have five interesting players to talk about here to potentially pick up heading into week 11. Going to start off with Demario Douglas, rostered in 27.1% of leagues. Talked about him last week. Have to talk about him again here heading into week 11. He had an 85% route participation, which is very, very strong. He led the team with eight targets, um, caught six of those for 84 yards. So that's back-to-back pretty strong games here for Douglas. It definitely seems like he's going to be their top target moving forward and definitely someone who should be rosterable at this point. Now, the next wide receiver has really kind of come out of nowhere. Noah Brown, rostered in 25% of leagues, and he has actually led the Texans in receiving yards for three straight games. Um, Three weeks ago, it was kind of a poor performance from the Texans offense, so I think it was like a three for 57 stat line. Wasn't crazy, but still led the team, and that was with Nico Collins and Tank Dell healthy. Then in week nine, also having Collins and Dell healthy, he goes six for 153 and a touchdown. And then in week 10, Nico Collins did miss this game, but he still went seven for 172. And I kind of thought Noah Brown was just going to be like this journeyman wide receiver. Didn't think he'd be super relevant for fantasy. I honestly thought the week nine game was a little fluky. But I mean, going back to back 150 plus yard games, that's kind of rare, especially for a guy that I would have thought wasn't overly talented. So I definitely think he's interesting for fantasy, especially if Nico Collins' calf injury lingers. He definitely will likely be fantasy relevant. Like I said, it's going to be tough to go 150 yards back to back. You see top wide receivers in the NFL who don't do that, you know, every season. So I definitely think he's someone we should look out for here. Now, the next wide receiver rostered in only 6.6% of leagues. Talked about him last week, running it back here with Michael Wilson. I feel like with Kyler Murray returning, he looked as good as you probably could have hoped in his first game back. He looked pretty mobile, which is something I wasn't totally expecting, or at least I wasn't expecting him to use it. Um, But it definitely seems like they're patient with his recovery, and he does look pretty much how he did um, before the ACL tear. We saw Michael Wilson have a 92% route participation. He was targeted six times, caught three of them for 34 yards. He nearly had a touchdown. He was tackled like right at the one. I think they actually initially called it a touchdown and then reviewed it um, and took it back. So he was involved. Obviously, three for 34 is not so great. Three for 35 and a touchdown looks a lot better, but he's a guy who's flashed talent early in the season. He's a rookie. I definitely think he's one of these rookies who could have a late season breakout with Kyler Murray back getting that high-end quarterback play. Now, the next wide receiver, another rookie, it is going to be Quinton Johnston, rostered in 33.3% of leagues. He's still showing a little bit of life, Um, wasn't super relevant for most of that Chargers game, but he ends up finishing with four receptions for 34 yards and a touchdown. I definitely don't think he's playable at this point, but he's not completely hopeless rest of season. You can't totally write him off. Obviously, you're still sticking with him, not because the production has been great, but because he's a first-round rookie, has the talent, has the opportunity to be the wide receiver too for Justin Herbert. So the opportunity is there. He just has to capitalize on it, not giving up on him, but definitely not someone that you want to throw into your lineup, you know, as soon as week 11 here. And then the final wide receiver, Elijah Moore, rostered in 36.1% of leagues. This was his best fantasy game of the season. 
five receptions for 44 yards and a touchdown. Also in a tough matchup here against this Ravens defense. Moore has honestly been able to pretty consistently command volume. He has seven plus targets in six of the nine games he's played this season. And I know at least the two games he didn't hit that number were with PJ Walker at the quarterback position. So if Deshaun Watson really can kind of pick up his quarterback play, I do think Elijah Moore is talented enough to become a relevant option um, rest of season. Now pivoting over to the quarterback position, to be totally honest, not a ton of firepower, um, you know, for streaming the quarterback position. I do think it's kind of because a lot of those guys who are streaming quality were picked up for this week because we had Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Tua on bye. So I think a lot of those players, or you know, three of those players, are going to get released. So even if you don't have a great streaming option on waivers right now, you could have better options in a couple of days. But the two players I did want to mention were Joshua Dobbs, rostered in 38.5% of leagues. He goes out, has another very impressive performance. He puts up 24.9 points in week nine, then 25.1 points yesterday. He has seen strong rushing usage in both of those games, seven for 66 in a touchdown in week nine, then eight for 44 in a touchdown in week 10. He really is looking like a nice fantasy option moving forward. And that's without Justin Jefferson through two games. You get Justin Jefferson back, even if his play regresses a little bit, Jefferson is going to raise the ceiling of that offense. He's very interesting. It's possible that some of the struggles with the Cardinals were just due to that offense not being as talented as this Vikings team. Being paired with Jefferson, Addison, Hawkinson moving forward, Joshua Dobbs could be a great fantasy quarterback, especially with that rushing ceiling. And then the second quarterback here is going to be Matthew Stafford, rostered in 30.9% of leagues. Now, there's no guarantee he actually plays this week, um, but he's probably going to be one of the better quarterback options on waivers. And I do think, like I said, with not a ton of options, he's a guy you could pick up. And then if you get injury news, you maybe go scoop up one of the players that was dropped um, on those like Mahomes, Hurts, Tua teams. Not sure if he's going to play. They did go get a veteran. So that doesn't seem like a great sign, but it also there are reports that McVay is um, optimistic that he will be able to return. So we'll see with Stafford. Those are going to be the two quarterbacks. And then the tight end position is honestly also pretty thin. Going to start it off with Pat Fryermuth, rostered in 36.8% of leagues. He has the opportunity to come off of IR and return here in week 11. Now, Fryermuth had honestly been pretty disappointing to start off the season. He was kind of viewed as someone who was supposed to be very consistent, reliable year to year, week to week. That is not what we saw early on in the season. The volume hadn't been there. Um, but even with that slow start, he's been a reliable fringe tight end one in both his rookie and sophomore seasons. So if he's healthy, I think he'll be a fine option. You're just not going to find many better tight ends that could just be sitting on waivers than Pat Frymouth at this point, especially as a streaming option. So if he is able to go in week 11, probably one of the better options on waivers. And then Luke Musgrave, pretty much talk about him every week. If you're going to just like scoop up someone who's probably available, Musgrave could be that guy. Um, he was coming off his best game of the season in week nine. Then in week 10, he catches two passes for 64 yards. The lack of volume continues to be an issue, but as a streaming option, you could do worse than Luke Musgrave. And then finally, we have the defenses here. Honestly, I don't think it's a great week to stream defenses. Kind of interesting that a lot of the teams I'm going to talk about kind of got shredded on defense um, here in week nine or week 10. But we're going to start off with the Lions. Obviously just gave up a ton of points to the Chargers rostered in 23.9% of leagues, but they go up against the Bears. So a much easier matchup. They should be getting Justin Fields back, but still not a great offensive unit. Then we have the Commanders, um, another team who gave up a lot of points, rostered in 20.5% of leagues, but they go up against the Giants. This Giants offense could be the worst in the league at this point without their uh, top two quarterbacks. So I think the Commanders are definitely an interesting streaming option. 
Then we have the Jaguars rostered in 23.6% of leagues. They just got shredded by the 49ers, but most teams do. Titans, after the big Will Levis first game, have really not looked great offensively, so a nice matchup there. Then we have the Texans, rostered in 5.5% of leagues, another team kind of in a higher scoring game, but didn't do terrible in terms of their uh, defensive fantasy scoring. They go up against the Cardinals. Kyler looked solid, but as a whole, I still don't think this is a you know a top offense for the Cardinals. And then wrapping it up here with the Chargers, obviously in that shootout with the Lions, rostered in just under 15% of leagues. They go up against the Packers. Packers offense really has not been overly consistent, so potentially the Chargers are a streaming option. But like I said, not a ton of great options. Hopefully, you know, maybe there's like a sneaky team that didn't make the cut here, but is available on waivers with a nice matchup. So hopefully you guys can find that. But that's going to wrap it up for the top waiver wire targets. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. If you did, smash that like button. Check out my buy low, um, sell high trade video. And then stay tuned for the start sets coming out later this week. Thank you for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.